Hi, I just want Talonvor to shut the fuck up, please. Dalen. And I'm Galad's unwelcome re-entry to the series, Eric. And welcome to Loyal's Book Club, a podcast dedicated to dissecting and discussing Robert Jordan's epic fantasy series, The Wheel of Time. Um, if we sound a little tipsy in this episode, just know we are doing double duty. We love you. That's how dedicated we are to this. Um, we will be discussing chapters 16 to 20, and today's drink is a white Russian, which is uh, Bailey's or Kahlua, vodka, and heavy cream. And the reason I chose a white Russian is because it's white. And we deal with white cloaks. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Nice. I was wondering, because I guessed the drink earlier, but I could not find the connection. And you're right, we get a fuck ton of white cloaks in the series um, of chapters. We get Galad back, our hunky, hunky Galad back. But that's for later. Now it's a white Russian. Cheers. But before we get to Galad, we have to start with Nynaeve and Elaine. So, we pick up right where we left off, um, with Nynaeve waking up. She's had nightmares about Egwene, rightfully so, uh, about Rand uh, being chained by Elida, and, of course, Mogedian. And, um, she and Elaine wake up, and they kind of talk about what their next course of action. They decide to get breakfast. And as they're eating, who walks in, um... My reference to this is going to be, it's going to take a lot of explaining. So there's a musical called The Great, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, which takes a 75-page segment of War and Peace, adapts into this beautiful piece. But there's a character named Anatole, who is known, Anatole is hot. He is the brother-in-law to one of the main characters. And one of his big entrances is at the opera. And how they do it is two double doors open and the brightest lights shine in and Anatole kind of pauses and poses with each move. That's how I imagine Galad entering. Even though Galad is nothing like Anatole Karagin, they're both just... Though, no, Anatole is hot for different reasons, I think, than Galad. It's definitely my headcanon that Galad has uh, caught wind that... You know, uh, <laughs> they are here, and he has been busting in every five minutes trying to make a grand entrance. Yeah. And He's, like, leaned against the door, like, huh. oh, fuck, Exactly. Sorry. And he, he just catches them on, like, attempt number, like, 12 or something. Yeah. <laughs> but he, Galad comes in, and he has risen up in the ranks of the White Cloaks. Which but... isn't unexpected, personally. Yeah. Like, it... it he pops up because he's been gone for about a book and a half now. I, I was... we, he was in uh, Shadow Rising. He was in Shadow Rising. Yeah, so, he, I mean, he's been gone, theoretically, for only, like, two, three months. Okay, because last last thing I remember of him was him expressing interest in the White Cloaks. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't surprise me that he's risen through the ranks because he's kind of the golden child. Uh, yeah. if, if I'm correct, it's it's Galad is, is the older. He's the oldest. Gowan is the younger, right? Ga- uh, goes Galen, uh, pff, Galad, Gowan, Elaine. Okay, gotcha. And the thing with the, uh, Galad joining the White Cloaks is I don't think there's any real malicious purpose behind it. I think Galad... He thinks he's doing the right thing. Yes, and that is... He thinks he's doing the ultimate good. He is protecting Elaine against the terrors of the White Tower, which, yes... But it's also kind of like, okay, do you see what else is going on with the White Cloaks? Like, you kind of can't go, 
And whether Galad acknowledges the corruption within the White Cloaks, we haven't gotten his POV, but he seems like he's trying to do the right thing. And his attempts are very misguided. Mm -hmm. um, but he tries to tell Elaine, like, hey, let's go to Camelin. I'll escort you. And so he's kind of their way out. But Elaine's like, fuck no. Galad does what is always right. And he might fucking sell us out to the White Cloaks. Which is not... Yeah. Galad... I think it's just... He means well. He does. But it's, it's funny that... You kind of have, you kind of have a it runs in the family kind of yeah. deal because you've got your lad who has run off with the white cloaks because he's a do gooder. Yeah, he's a goody goody two shoes, and he thinks this is the ultimate good. And in a way, it, it is. Yeah, the white cloaks are extremists, but they do get results. And so I mean, you do have that in the conversation at the very least. And you also kind of understand, like his father is Tarangale Damadred, mm -hmm. who hear nothing but bad things, and. Uh, to Grain is his mother, and to Grain right. just up and vanished one Right. Day. And then you've got Gawain, who went away to the tower, you know, he's training to be a warder, yeah. you know, and he takes that very seriously, but when everything goes to shit, you know... He sides with the fucking Black Asha! But, but, I mean, we don't... Not everybody knows they're the Black Asha. They're just right, the people in right. power. And, you know, if you're talking about it's all in the family... The structure of power here is very apparent. Yeah. You've got Galad with the White Cloaks. You've got Gowan with the New Order of the White Tower. And then you have Elaine with the Old Order. And she kind of has the context for everything. Yeah. But she's also doing what she believes is the best oh, she can yeah. do. As much as It's an amazing like... triple parallel. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to have some pity for Gowan because he essentially was told, your life is useless next to Elaine's. Like, but, yeah, exactly. You've got to pity Gowan a little bit. Like... Gow like to be told from the very beginning, your life means nothing next to your sisters, and to have that placed on you of like all you will amount to in life is protecting her. Well, and doubling up of Galad kind of being the golden child, he's lost in the middle. Yeah, yeah, because Elaine's gonna be queen. Galad has a bit of a stained reputation with the Damadrids, mm -hmm. but Galad has the potential and. So does Gowan, but I feel like Gowan's such a middle child. Oh, absolutely. Are you the middle or youngest? I'm the middle. Ah, you're I'm the, the middle Gowan of, of your family. And I see Gowan, and I don't like him. I don't like what the character is doing, but I identify with it. <laughs> I'm the Elaine of my family. I'm the youngest. <laughs> no, Galad's back, and, and my note here is just, Galad, boo. Oh, but he is so hot. I he is, and here is one Listen, of my predictions. Listen, if you were uh, at breakfast, you mm -hmm. would you you saw Glad, you wouldn't kind of go, oh, I'll do what you want. I'd like a side of those uh, pancakes. I don't think Glad has that big of an ass. No, I think that's for that's safe for random Matt. You think he's like a little he's like I a little think, triangle body. I think what Glad lacks in the back, he makes up in the front. Nice, you know. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, I did write down Galad Boo, which actually led me to a prediction now, mm -hmm. because I kind of hate, I, I don't hate him. I, I understand where he's coming he's from. He's done nothing to you. I mean, he's joined the faction he, of White Cloaks. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of fair. It, it's kind of like if you don't have a clue, the White Cloaks are kind of the best guys on the board, but yeah. if you have a clue about the real world and shit, because it's been mentioned so many times that they'll bring in people just accused of being a dark friend, yeah. you know, but without any kind of like due process. That being said... 
I think we are ripe for some character growth. I mm. think Galad is going to change sides or sacrifice himself for either Gowan or Elaine. Okay. I think he's got that older brother spot. He's got that protector about him. Yeah. I think it's going to come down to him making the tough decision of my organization or my family. Okay. So that's what I'm hoping for. Want to hear a really um, gross reason that I'll cut out for why I picked a white Russian? Sure. Want to know what else is white? Anyway, so um, all our Discord listeners right now. Are Galad's right. milky white skin for any of our 18 and under listeners. His, I don't yeah. think we have any, but. No, I think everyone there. is above. There, him. I saved the episode. His con, his cunning way of thinking. Um, So. Hmm. Yeah, I've only got one other note kind of written down about this chapter. What's your notes? Well, it's towards the end, but it's. Uh, uh, if you have more to cover before the end. Oh, I... so um, essentially Elaine and Nynaeve are like, okay, we got to get the fuck out of here. How are we going to do that? They join Val and Luca's circus. Hell yeah, they, they do. They go, well, Galad won't look for us in a menagerie, so the Let's chapter... join a menagerie. The uh, chapter ends. Oh, okay. This is the perfect time to fucking talk about it. Elaine flirting with Tom, and I'm sorry, hold on. We need to discuss this. Robert Oliver James Rigney. Um, okay. Hold the fuck up. Hold the phone. Okay. Okay. I'm going to read this. It's a section, but I'm going to read. Nynaeve could only shake her head. She remembered the night the girl had filled her fool self with wine. At least she had never done that again. Her head the next morning had seemed an effective cure. Now she knew why the girl behaved as she did with Tom. She had seen the same back in the two rivers a few times. A girl just old enough to really think of herself as a woman, who else would she measure herself against except her mother? And sometimes, who better to compete against to prove that she was a woman? Usually, it led to no more than trying to be better at everything from cooking to sewing or maybe some harmless flirting with her father. But in the case of one widow, Nynaeve had seen the woman's nearly grown daughter making a complete fool of herself trying to capture the man her mother intended to marry. Okay, there's a lot to unpack, but as really weird and kind of like oaky, smoky, pokey, weird early 20th century shit that that Robert Jordan's unpacking. Yeah. <laughs> um, it makes me think of, do you know the play Our Town? Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> that was towards our audience. No, I'm kidding. Oh, oh um, sorry. No, uh, no, 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 uh, no I'm generally shitting you. Um, so, if you guys don't know the play Our Town, if you were not forced to read it in your English class, it's set, I love, what was that eye roll? I love no, that No, no, it's, it's very true. It's like, we were forced to read it. I just think, so I read it twice. I read mm -hmm. it, uh, once during. You'd be good, George. Thank you. I would, that's actually the part I would love to play. Um, forced to read it, freshman English class, yeah. one year. Hated it. Got into drama, got into all that business, and read it, you know, sometime after my high school years, and I loved it. The eye roll was at the education system oh, forcing yeah. on theater arts in the English department. Yeah. When the arts department should just be an ingrained subject itself. It shouldn't be an elective. It should absolutely be a STEAM, not yeah. a STEM uh, issue. But that's a whole... That's, that's a, a whole... That's, that's a, a different podcast. That's a that's different a podcast. Yeah. yeah. That's a different podcast. Um, so essentially, Our Town is a beautiful show I did it for my senior project in college. It's set in the early 20th century in a small New Hampshire town... And it's a three-act play, and essentially, nothing happens. Act one is a day in the life of the people in that town. Act two, they get married. 
Act 3 is one of the main characters dies in childbirth and goes back to visit her 12th birthday. And it's essentially about the plainness and ordinariness and extraordinariness of life in itself. The plain, ordinary days you have seem extraordinary looking back. So, in Act 2, Emily Webb is getting married. And she kind of freaks out. And she says to her dad, we'll run away together. I'll care for you. I'll tend to you. So that oaky smoky sort of thing of girls, young women sort of tending to their fathers is one, this gross, like, dude, take care of yourself. Like, fucking learn to make your own bacon. Like, what the fuck? Grow up. Um, it makes sense, but it's still really like, oh, yeah, girls in... Two Rivers flirt with their dads. What? There's a whole psychiatric name for that. It's weird. It's one of the things, no matter how many times I approach this series, I'm like, please cut that. Great. <laughs> please cut this. It's weird. And I get why. Because Elaine is trying to be like her mother. In a, in a sense, she says, I'm going to be queen one day, so I have to be a queen and so she's playing at being her mother mm -hmm. and i think even she goes like oh this is weird but i'm still gonna fucking do it you know yeah well, i think it's one of those you know initiatives that we take as a as a kid thinking like oh we're an adult we're on our own we're in the world and stuff i kind of got a sense of you know i two 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 things i guess i would say yes one is tom is very charming Tom is very yeah. charming, and even in his older age, he's still got it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you Silver know, Fox. Yeah, like, I'd almost say, like, you know, uh, it's like a trifecta of, like, George Clooney meets Paul Rudd meets mm. Sam Elliott. Uh, okay, that's, that's yeah. kind of That's kind of what we're working with. So I think it's a very easy, I think he's a very easy flirt in that way. Yeah. And B, I think, you know, one of the things we've touched on is Elaine is in the real world for the first time. Yeah. She's kind of figuring out what it, because she's like, what, 17? She's 17. I think, no, her and Elaine, I think, are 18? Yeah, so about the same age, like, right, right there kind of coming into your adulthood. Yeah. I think there's something, like... I don't think Robert Jordan meant to do this, but I think there's something so nice about like, well, this is just what you're supposed to do, right? And then when you yeah. do it, you kind of go, oh, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think Elaine even had like some of that, a little bit she of... She had a bit of a moment a, of... Like, a little bit of the... Why? <laughs> I love your Robert De Niro face. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I had the same moment when I tried the $9 vodka that all the seniors in college. No, and I, I agree with you. I think it is Elaine trying out adulthood. If Now, if Robert Jordan kind of perpetuated this and decided to make Tom kind of, you know, advance himself, that's where the dynamic would get weird for me because yeah. he's got all that history with her mother yeah. and he knew her as a baby which is the last note I have in this chapter, which is Tom's secret is out. Yeah. To a very select few people, but he's kind of been this agent of mystery for so long. But I, I believe Nynaeve knows now. Yes. Now so Nynaeve she's in the know. knows kind of that, like, that Tom was slinging that dick to more gays. And that has implications because Nynaeve is older. And yes. she knows how a village is run. She understands power dynamics. She's going to be able to extrapolate that... Tom has been there for a long time, and Tom really likes playing the uh, uh, the game of houses. Mm -hmm. She's going to put two and two together. I think we're going to get more of Tom's history in this book. 
Awesome. And I'd be very, very excited to kind of get a little bit more of context of what did he do? How long was he there? What influence did he have? Yeah. We do get a little bit later on um, when we get to Morghese's chapter of the fight that kind of broke their relationship is implied to have something to do with Owen, uh, Tom's nephew that got stilled by the Reds, Aja. Mm -hmm. There is something there. But yes, a lot of Tom's past, beyond him getting to Camelin and Owen, and we know nothing else of who he is. We can assume he's Andorin somewhere along there, but other than that, yeah, Nothing. Matt and Rand kind of know him by proxy because they've traveled with him. Yeah. But he's a very he's a very tight lipped, tight lidded character. He reminds me of um, in the Real Housewives of New York. There's a woman named Sonia Morgan who has, in the eight years she's been on that show, never alluded to having a childhood or parents. Amazing. In the eight years, have never mentioned anything, and it's I think that's beautiful. And I think. That's why I think Tom, I'm just checking, because we've had fuckery with uh, Pro Tools before. Mm-hmm. No, no but, but I love that about Tom, because no, I, I, love I, this air I think we've kind of talked, you know, out of episodes, we haven't really covered it in here, and I, I don't think we need to, but, you know, this is kind of mapped onto Arthurian legend yeah. a lot, and this is kind of our, our Merlin character. Yeah? Yes. You know, I think it's kind of split. I feel like Moraine and Tom kind of split between the, the mysticism and the, the advisory kind of yeah. bit, but... He is. He's he's absolutely just this agent of mystery, well, especially with his like little magic tricks that he can mm-hmm. do. So, which we will talk about a little bit more in chapter seventeen, heading oh, west. Yes. yes, which is a great little like setting up for what's to come. So we had this iconography pop up before um, in our last episode, even yes. in uh, chapter thirteen. It's an elephant. Yeah. Uh, not only that, if I'm not mistaken, this is more of a stab in the dark because I am by no means a zoologist, but it looks like a pretty big bull elephant. Yeah. Big tusks. So they call big. them big bull horses or something mm. along those lines. And I don't know what to make of this, honestly. I don't I don't know what the elephant iconography is about because in the last chapter, uh, chapter Valor 13, Luka. is it? Yeah. Okay. That, well, it makes sense because he's the character that goes through and I was like, is it Elaine? Is it? Yeah. I, I don't understand. Okay, no, I'm, um, I'm with it. I'm something with we've that. kind of forgot to mention, uh, per the norm, in the last episode, we get mention of a nation called Shara, which oh, is... God, the geography. Yeah. Um, it is, so um, so I'm going to do it over my head. Westlands, mm. cool. Isle Waste, Shara. Shara is the nation that, you know, well, Val and Lucas says, oh, I've been all over Shara, you know, the place where you go in, but you don't come out. And you're like, hmm. Mm-hmm. So Shara has been mentioned a couple of times. Only really the Aiel, I think, are allowed to go in there, but it's very closed off. Gotcha. I will say this as a first-time reader. This is one of my few first-time reader critiques. Mm. And I think it says more about me as a reader, as, as Eric the reader, not as a first-time reader, but the reader I am. You throw in geography, you throw in land maps and shit, it's so over my head. I have, oh, yeah. I have no sense of direction in a fantasy series. I have no... When they're like, oh, we traveled southwest, where? Yeah, yeah, you say these names and, like, you know, the two rivers, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's where they're from. And, like, you know, Kyrian, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a big city. You throw anything, or, or maybe even, like, the north uh, border land. Blight, yeah, uh, yeah. or the Shinar, all that. Exactly. But you like throw you, one of those, I kind of know what that is, but you throw in these cities, these land masses, yeah. I'm just, like, so lost. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, we're in Almador. Great. 
means nothing to me. Maybe <laughs> Put that third. in Southern California terms. <laughs> We're in Pasadena. Great. So that is one thing I wanted to touch on, uh, just as like a first reader response. Oh. It's, it's, again, probably not even first reader. Probably Eric as a reader. I do not identify with geography oh, at no. all. Um, wait until you read Malazan, because that shit's like, we're here. Where? Where the fuck are we? No, I'm, <laughs> I believe in making uh, a separate map for the next episode. Uh, yeah. Like, just showing where everybody yeah. in, is in relative position. Well, and I'm thankful for this chapter heading, because generally they're saying heading west. That's the chapter title. I can conceptualize west. <laughs> no. Um, so, we are reunited with uh, Valaluka and his circus. And we are also reunited with an illuminator named Aludra, who Tom and Matt met yes. on the road in uh, The Dragon Reborn. So I wrote that she's here. come back. We got someone popping hey. back. And literally probably the only reason I noted that too was because the illuminators, kind of as an organization and kind of how, you know, fireworks exist yeah. in this world, is such a cool thing of like, yeah... Uh, you know, I, I think it's so easy to throw high fantasy against the backdrop of D&D. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one of the things that they very much have in common is gunpowder and guns don't exist. Right. So when you have, a, you know, fireworks, it's very much a, a thing of mysticism, even though it's science. I love science in these series dressed up as fantasy. Yeah. Just because the populace doesn't know. They don't know that if you, you know, like this short one, it's going to make a loud bang versus this big long one, it's going to make a big flash. Right. Um, so seeing seeing this Illuminator pop up again, I was very, very happy. On that note, Nynaeve has a strawberry for the first time. Yeah. Like, when she's like, yes. an interesting fruit called a strawberry. I'm like, huh. I, I read I read something that that very much felt close to this of like could you imagine if you were a time traveler you went back to the medieval times took took any peasant took them back to our present time gave them a blueberry a watermelon a strawberry any exactly but then you just throw them back in their time and they're like those things existed back then and you know if you were in the right area you probably would have had them. yeah but the way they've been engineered and shit. Would have blown their fucking mind. I want to go back in time and give a peasant a Doritos Locos <laughs> taco and see how they react to that. Would it be? Would it be? Oh my God! What is this divine feast sent from the heavens? Or would it be like? They what would, is this bastard? A Doritos Locos taco or a uh, what is that thing? But they're like, good to go. Oh, the fucking is that the Crunchwrap Supreme? That's good to go. <laughs> I would give Henry the Eighth a Crunchwrap Supreme. I would be like, my lord, I am giving you a great feast. It's a fucking Crunchwrap with a mild salsa. Henry the Eighth would die immediately. Oh my God. But yeah, Nynaeve has a strawberry for the first time. Yeah, it's it's a lovely moment too. I don't know. There's something there's something about that between uh, reader and series where there's now a physical component that I share with one of these characters. Because you can... You've never had a strawberry? No, no, no. I've had, that's what I'm saying, is I've had strawberries, mm. and now she's had a strawberry for the first time, and oh my god, I can identify with that now. It's not just about what character are you kind of like. There's a tangible thing now, and that yeah. was... I don't know if Robert Jordan meant to do this, but you've made a tangible connection between a fantasy series and your reader. Yeah. I, I, whether it was intentional or not, I don't know. I thought it was a cool moment. Yeah. And that is my second-to-last note of the chapter. Um... But I sorry, I've been crunching ass like a motherfucker. That's no. all good. I love the ASMR that you're just giving the listener. I'm wondering how much it's gonna pick up. 
watch this entire You definitely put the cup on the table with the mic, and I'm wondering if that's just, like, an explosion of, like, clink, clink. Um, but heading west, um, we get to see, um, it's a funny, mo- it's a funny chapter, because, um, they're like, hey, we want to travel with you, and Valen's like, okay, you're not gonna do this for free, you gotta work. Yeah. You better, as, um, the poet Britney Spears said, said, you wanna go east? You want to travel to Gildon? You better work, bitch. Fuck yeah. So Tom's like, okay, here's me juggling. And then Elaine's like, let me do the trape- uh, trapeze. Oh, the, is it the high wire? Tight yeah, rope. yeah, high, like a high type rope. Yeah. And so she does it, channeling Sidar. Fucking cheats the system. It's which so is ex- exactly what I would do if I if I had that access. Oh, yeah. That's absolutely, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's dangerous. Watch me do it. These fuckers don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And my favorite moment, she makes fucking Julian come on, and Julian's like pissing himself, and Valen's like, oh, I love how he looks so afraid to me. Julian's like shaking, like, yeah, great act. Yep. And Nynaeve's like, and he's like, and what do you do, Nynaeve? I pay. Like, Nynaeve's like, we're not fucking doing this. So I, I actually kind of have a question for you. Okay. Because uh, I know the, the style we have is, is more, you know, overview questioning me, but... I realized there's a bit of a Matt and Rand parallel here that, you know, Matt and Rand traveled with Tom. Yeah. And they kind of learned some skill sets and stuff. Oh. Are you, did you, like, is there anything there, especially with uh, the things that they picked? Elaine picking the high wire, Nynaeve picking not to participate at all. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Elaine picking the high wire, something she's never done before, I think is Elaine sort of being the sort of person that goes, fuck it, why not? Let's do it. Right. She's already on this grand adventure. Yeah. Okay. And I almost said something about what she does in the later book. So, um, good I catch, think good catch. the amount of times I've nailed spoiled shit for you. Um, <laughs> Nynaeve choosing to stay more grounded kind of fits with her. Mm-hmm. Nynaeve is a very grounded person at her core. Mm-hmm. So I also just think Nynaeve's like, let's be smart and mm. lay low and not do anything influenced by the power, you know? So it's funny because, like, so I think I'm picking up the same thing you were, where it's like, it's not exactly like Matt and Rand. They each picked their individual kind of talents. Yeah. Like, if I remember correctly, Matt juggles. Yeah. And and Rand plays. Or, or does he sing the songs? Um. Oh, my gosh. I think... It's been a couple of books. Oh, it's... It's been a long time. Um, and fuck, we have no one here. I think. We could skip it, too. Yeah, I just... Um, I, 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 think I think Rand it's a... plays the flute. Yes. And Matt juggles or and or plays the harp. Yeah. And then fucks Rand. So, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Come on. It's it's all there in the subtext. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's interesting because, you know, we have Tom kind of doing the same thing. He's advising kind of a, a new yeah. group he's with. But they are doing it differently. They're doing it... Very much in Tom character. Tom has to babysit again. He's like, oh, Tom, that's just the hand you've been dealt. Yeah. No, I just thought it was something interesting. Of like, no, oh, we got a... these people traveling with Tom. The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. Oh, and you know what? Maybe that's some of it. Like, the pattern, you know, it looks the same until you look at the individual threads. Yeah, when you kind of wow. think about how... Not quite history, because really, it's only been a year. Right. A year, more or less, since everything started so you know um 
I don't know where I was going with this. Um, but yes. Oh, it's fun. No, I like the parallel. I yeah. like. I I did not even think of that. I was just curious because that's something I picked up on of like, oh shit, we got some new people with Tom now, and it's kind no, of the I same didn't thing. Even think of that. Well, different. Yeah. Uh, also, I gotta state it for this episode because I did last. Fucking love Luca. He I is, can't explain it. I love Luca. He. I think he's just such an over the top character versus the realism we've been dealt for the past four books. Yeah. He's very just like. Ha! He's a Gilderoy Lockhart. Well, he's not, because he's not described as a gleeman, right? He's, no, he just has a red silk coat. Uh-huh. Like, he's very pretty, very just, like, okay. boppish. I'll, yeah, I, I, I got mm-hmm. nothing else except I like him. All right. I, I hope he's around for a little bit more. He dies. No, I'm kidding. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we get to kind of meet more, um, but most importantly is uh, Sarandon, who controls the Sredits, which is the name for um, the elephants, um, she talks, and I feel like Nine, Nine Aves ears just perk up. She hears Sean Chan, and sure enough, this is a Sean Chan woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting, because again, we saw Agionin in right. The Shadow Rising, and I think they have this mindset of like, okay, no, we can kind of be chill about this. Right. So they kind of do an exchange of, we'll teach you more Westland customs if you answer our questions. Because we find out Sarendon was left behind during the after the events of the Great Hunt. And mm-hmm. she's kind of like, I was just left with these elephants, you know? Elephant the elephant, see her go. I'm not going to finish it. Do it. I'm not going to. Do it. I'm not going to. Do it. Because I forgot how to finish it. I was going to take your hat from you until you did it. I was going to take your hat from you. Um, I think it's interesting, though, because I... I you we, hear that, everyone? Eric hates Elephant the Elephant. <laughs> I think it's interesting because we, we've got this world, and I think I'm intrigued with, you know, the world kind of operates in a certain way. Yes. But to the individual, if the world is moving a certain way, you kind of get left to your own devices. You know, yeah. she, she was... She, yeah. Sarandon? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, she was left there after all the big, oh, yeah. all the big stuff happened. Because they essentially went, oh shit, power, bye. Exactly. And so there's this weird, like, not quite a power vacuum, but a vacuum of like, what's left for me. Yeah. Everything went and now I got, th- I got to figure out what to do with this. Because you have to also imagine of like, Lee, uh, Egyon and Siandrin were kind of, can, I can't imagine like, being raised a certain way brought thousands of miles across the ocean and then left behind and kind of like, bye. Exactly. With no real hope of like, oh, am I going back? Yeah. And I think, oh, being away from that is what caused Leanderans to really kind of question what it is and what I kind of imagine will be Seandrans are. Yeah. And that being said, um, I think I didn't think about it until this point, even with Egyanon. Egyanon. I didn't think about it until this point of like, Oh shit! We're gonna learn so much more about the Shan Chan. Yeah, we're gonna learn a ton more because of this relationship, budding. And also, I don't think I realized how actually crucial it's gonna be down the line. I think the Shan Chan are gonna play a vital, vital role. I thought it was gonna be, because I think I told you. I think a past prediction was, uh, Egwene's gonna get revenge. Yes. She's gonna fight back against the Shan Chan and win. I don't think it's going to be that adversarial anymore. Okay. I think they're going to turn the tide a bit and get some of the Shan Chan on their side. And because of the way that um, uh, Saldean, Saldean. Uh, Saldean works and how, you know, that kind of operates, 
I think they are going to use it as a as a uh, what is Wait, it? Wait, oh, Soldom. Soldom. Yes. Uh, the, I was going to say I'm like Saldea is where Fael is from. No, yeah, not the not the land mask. The 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 mechanism of like the person Soldom controlling and the person who Yes, Damani. Yes, that's exactly it. I think that's going to be used for good somehow. I think they're going to Interesting. I don't think they're going to fight the Shan Chan completely like head to head. I think they're going to get some of them on their side. Okay. So that's just a new development that I'm kind of like, oh, because we're gonna learn a shit ton more about it. Because the Shanshan are no, are no, uh, have never really s- s- been a one-off. Exactly. So yeah. So I think it's, at the very least, you know, Robert Jordan has very much a tendency to bring some shit back. Exactly. Man, like look set, at Eludra. Exactly. Like set the pieces. You're gonna learn a little bit about it, but don't forget it because in exactly three chapters, <laughs> it's gonna come back. back. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, that's how that chapter ends, and we get to chapter 18. And if you want to cue the clown music, we can, because... So, Leandrin, they're in Amador. Amador. Before we get started even on the chapter content, can I tell you what I noticed about the iconography? Please. Two faces facing each other, Mm. exactly opposite colors. I... I honest to God, I, I think it's popped up a few times. I have no idea what to make of it. An elephant, the elephants. <laughs> okay. Um, a hound of darkness. Oh, yeah. It's sort of the duplicit nature of the black Aja. Okay, so is it kind of? And if you look, you see a vase. <laughs> oh, no, shit, kidding, really? oh, okay. I was like, what, no, right? you is know that, that is, like. Is that a clue? No. Right, right. Uh, old woman, young woman, kind of face off. Yeah, that's optical illusion. Yeah, deal. yeah. No, it's uh, so, I've, so maybe is that exactly what it is? The black Aja, kind of like within the. It's the du- yeah, it's the, the duplicit, mere duplicity. Yeah, yes. it's that duplicity okay. nature of the black Aja. So we catch up with Leandrin, and it's one of those things where we kind of see the power has gotten to Leandrin's head a little bit. Because she has taken over this merchant's palace. And, you know, the merchant's wife's like, hey, my husband's still really sick. Can you guys help him? And she's like, well, think about it. And obviously they did something to roll. Like, fuck him over. Yeah. And um, so she's like, oh, there's someone here from Tarvalon to see you. And when Leandra gets up there, everyone is shaken, shooketh, and bothered well and the fact that leandrin didn't key into that and go what's going on yeah exactly the, is is exactly what you were saying of like the power's kind of gone to her head she was just like mm, is there cool mm. like you wouldn't be suspicious like oh fuck. well we just we just had a such a good moment with another Sedai with moraine saying like you know i've got her she's growing she's yeah. learning leandrin isn't no she's not becoming more aware of mm-hmm. like the danger she's kind of like Oh, well, we got this. I mean, she it shows she's her. king shit, and she's not realizing that, like, when you're king, people come for the crown. Yeah. And Mogedian has shown up and has taken... So, we now know there is another Forsaken in the White Tower. Hell yeah. Do you have any thoughts and predictions? Oh, okay. So, I know I just went off in the last episode of, like, we need to break the tower. <laughs> A tower should not exist. <laughs> Let's put that down. <laughs> well, well, it's it's funny, like, you know, doing these back-to-back, because as soon as I read this chapter, I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> we need the tower. We need the tower united against Mogedian. Mm. We need not only a resistance of the leftovers. We need the leftovers to bring everybody back and say, look, 
if we don't do this together, there's no us. Right. So, Mogedian, I... I know my handwriting is shit, but but maybe you can read that that point right <laughs> Mogedian. there. Mogedian. Oh shit! Exactly. Because who I talk... think would be a good Mogedian? Who? Hear me, Marion Cotillard. Oh. No, I could, I could see like that. when she was playing uh, Talia Al Ghul. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. No, like very subtle but very powerful. Yes, and Mogedian. She's scary. Yo, Mugedian, we've talked about it before, but compulsion is one of the things in this fantasy series yeah. that scares me. And we'll get to it more in this episode, especially with more gays. No, compulsion is fucking horrifying. When Mugedian says, no, this is how you do it, and you see the inner mechanisms of how yeah. that works, no, Mugedian is the first Forsaken in a while that I'm actually afraid of. And um, it's just that moment of when Leandra's like, oh, girl, you think you got this? And then all of a sudden she's like, I am your dog. Please forgive me. It's compulsion is horrifying. Yeah, who who's the Forsaken that is mm, the moniker is the spider? Mogedian. It is Mogedian. Yeah. Great. Okay, I wanted to make sure I wasn't separating two because <laughs> that's Demandrin. <laughs> well, because that was the first one I heard of and was actually afraid of. Of like, yeah. oh, you kind of lay in wait and you're making all these plans and stuff. Seeing her up close and personal like this, because we've only gotten like snippets of her mm-hmm. to really spend time with her and see what she's like. Well, oh my god! Well, you know what? It's the first Forsaken I think we've seen besides possibly Landfear, and I don't even think she's that advanced. But she's not going after Rand direct. No, she went for the White Tower. She went. She she got the Black Hajar under her thumb. Yeah. That is like a three move in the future okay. chess move right there. But I'm curious who like. So, of the Forsaken that we have left, we have Lanfear, Mogedian, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, these are the ones that have appeared and that are on the page. Lanfear, Mogedian, Grendel, Samael, mm-hmm. and Ravin, Asmodian. And the ones we have left who we only are Demandred and Semarog. Mm-hmm. We have um, Armalee. Right, make sure you're not <laughs> spoiling me. I do have a question that might help with this. Uh, we only have... Uh, who have we not met of the Forsaken? So, Demandred is... We haven't met Demandred. We haven't met Semarog. So, uh, hold on. Um, Agenor, Bothamel, Ishamael, Mogedian, Lanfear, Asmodian, Ravin, Samael, Semarog, Demandred. Mm-hmm. Grendel. Bilal! Holy fuck, I forgot about Bilal. You forgot about that clown ass. Um, um, is, has it been... I, I don't remember. Um, you might have to jog my memory, or it might be a non-issue, but uh, Gabriel? Gabriel. Of, of Morgays? That is Ravine. Okay, Ravine. gotcha. Yeah. Wanted to make sure I had those two correct. Yeah, uh, Rob, Gabriel is, is Ravine. Yeah. Um, so, um, Mogadian tells everyone... Oh, by the way, I'm taking over this operation. Who you report to in the White Tower? No, we're good. And uh, Leandrin's like, oh, you think you could tell us what to do? And she's been shielded at this point. Mm. Mogedian lets her go, and the first thing Leandrin does is attack Mogedian. And Mogedian goes, and? And tortures her for, like, a couple seconds. But I'm like, okay, clown wig incoming. How do you think you're going to be able to top a Forsaken? Yeah. No, this is the first Forsaken I'm actually scared of. Yeah, no, this Mogedian is the first is... one that I think has the legs to 
put some damage on the other side. Yeah. No, Malgidian is scary. Yeah. I think, yeah, no, she's horrifying. Well, and I think, you know, because I, I might be reading into out-of-world stuff a little bit, but no. Robert Jordan's got a military history. Yes. And I think he very much understands, you know, force against force, kind of head-to-head action. But I think he understands also that, you know, wars are won with intel. They're won with yes. outsmarting the other one. And I think that's why Mogedian is such a force right now and, and such a, you know, uh, just, I'm, I'm worried. It's the first time I've actually been worried because at first it was Black Aja against everyone, but now it's a Forsaken who has control of Black Aja yeah. against everybody. Yeah. So. And that her chapter ends with not only her giving the uh, Black Aja, so... We have to worry about now Leandrin, Asna, Rihanna, Marlin, Jean Cade, Berla, Ispan, Chesmal Emery, Amiko, and Falian. So now we have 11 Black Aja to worry about. But the worst fucking part of it is Leandrin and four other sisters are given the location of where Nynaeve Almira is. And it leaves off with Leandra going, oh, I can do this. I can get Nynaeve. Yeah. So now our Braid Tugger is in danger. You in danger, girl. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I actually really appreciate this move from a writing standpoint because yeah. I've, I've talked about it before. It's a little formulaic. It's a little bit, we got to go to this place, get this thing, and then we'll have the final showdown somewhere else. Yeah. This one, there's a bit of pressure. The, the, yeah. the hounds are on the trail. And it's a, and they don't know it. We no longer have a, really have a MacGuffin anymore. No, no. Like, if you want to say, sure, Kyrian, I guess, for Rand. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's like, well, uh, Lane and uh, uh, Tom and Jerry aren't really searching for anything. Yep. Do you really? I mean, they're kind of searching for where Blue, for Saladar. But even then, that's not a tangible thing. You know, between our Tom and Jerry group too, it feels like this is actually a very well spun piece of literature in my opinion. Because as the chapter ends, I feel like the web has been spun. Yes. And Tom and company are very much not in the center of it, but the spider is coming for them. Yep. Do you have any predictions with how maybe Mogedian and Mo- how this will end? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Mogedian is the spider, you know, she spins the webs. I don't think she's going to be in the centerpiece of the conflict, but I think we're going to have these Black Aja, you know, as her tools going out to do stuff. So I think we're going to have a showdown. Okay. Uh, I think we, you know, Elaine and Ave are going to kind of get to be able to go toe to toe with the Black Aja again. How it ends... I have no idea because I don't think it's a hundred percent one side takes all. I think there's going to be some blood and losses happening. I think somebody's going to be taken. Um, Mm. Whether it be Tom, Julian, uh, Elaine or Nynaeve, I don't know who, but someone's going to get taken hostage. Someone is going to be at the mercy of Mogedian and company. I want to check something real quick with what next week's potential episodes are. So 21 to 30. Uh, do you mind if I actually take this point to make a quick bathroom break? Yes. Literally did not hit Ooh, we are now. not there. Um, so we are going to take a quick bathroom break for... All right. So this brings us to chapter 19, Memories. Memories. Uh, no, but this is actually a real fucking, uh, 
This is a real oof of an episode. Oh hell yeah! I mean, the iconography. We get we get the curved dagger. Oh wait, shit! Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I shouldn't know this. Shit. Well, this is like the first bunch of chapters I've actually notated each iconography before it happened, just to get. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of famous here. Yes, he is. He comes up in the back half, but uh, yeah, this is a. I don't know. I like this chapter a lot because. This episode sponsored by Pellegrino. This episode is sponsored by Pellegrino. There's gonna be a lot to delete. You can tell it's like we're two drinks in. We're like, that. Pour some whiskey. No, I'm kidding. Oh no, we're not mixing whiskey with sparkling water. I might do like a tiny splash in my cup. But it's. I'm also. I think I'm one drink behind you, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you had one more whiskey than I did. Yes. So I've do... had the initial hot toddy, two things of whiskey, so I'm at four. Okay. Yeah, I'm at three, and I'm only going to do a little half a right here. So we are equal. Get rid of all that creaminess, and then I'm going to talk about what I like. A little half splash. There it is. Oh, we'll see if that's just absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. scary no you gotta you gotta finish it there's still some liquid left in that cup oh, i'm gonna let it water down mm -hmm. don't know if this is a clean comeback in but what i like about this series sometimes is we get a little bit more context about the world yes i freaked my shit when we got our first moraine pov because she's such a powerful character, and getting the context from her perspective yes. was so powerful for the overall narrative. It's exactly what we get here. Yeah. It's exactly what we get here. Especially because with Morghese and she is in the city of... Kaimlin. Thank you. I almost said Kyrian. No. Too many, too many hard sea cities out there. Yeah. In Kaimlin. Uh, we visited Kaimlin a couple of times. Yeah. We know how it operates. We know it's a big city and stuff. But we've never gotten to the head of... Yeah. Of her. We only really got Morghese's POV once, and that's in this book. Mm -hmm. No. Yes. Um, a little bit earlier. But other than that, we've been only hearing about what's happened to her. Exactly. We've never gotten into her head. And this is a really, you know, you keep talking about compulsion being horrified. We see firsthand how fucking awful it is. Because, you know, Morghese is reading a book, and Talonvor, who is this young sort of guard who's really fucking obnoxious is telling Morghese about our uh, little wolf, wolf boy's actions the banner of man Etherin has been raised um and she's like wait hold on Gar uh, uh, Gabriel has to know about this and he's like oh well Gabriel already took care of it and she's like wait what the fuck so she finds Gabriel uh Ravine out by the fountain with all of the people that Morghese was like, I don't like these people. Wait, hold on. What the fuck? And the High Lady Altima, who was the Tyran lady that ran Senoff but came back to Camelin and is being fucked by Ravine. Though, how much of this is very consensual? How much of this is compulsion? It's another, like, I have no authority to talk about this sort of subject. 
uh, Ravine is fucking disgusting. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, if you're a Forsaken, you're not... Literally, the name Forsaken. Like, yeah. you, you, you're not part of the living anymore. You're, you're something else entirely. Unless you're Bilal, where you're just getting no you're pussy. clowned. Clowned. <laughs> he could have done it. He could have killed Rand. Instead, he <laughs> like, monologue. like, oh, lose everyone and fuck me. And then he got the hell <laughs> So... But so Morghese is compulsed once again. Robin's like, hey, wait for me in my study. I'll be with you. And she leaves, but then she goes, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. She breaks that compulsion. And it's a moment of, you know, we don't get to see it. We The last time we saw her was a very minor slip in her realizing she's being compulsed. It's interesting that we, because it feels so, this should have been a whole book arc of her realizing she's being compulsed. It's interesting that I'm, we're seeing this now. And so I'm wondering what your thoughts on that. Do you think Morghese is going to come into play with the Saladar arc because she's coming into, she's cert, they leave to search for Gareth Brynn. Uh, so but, there you go with some geography again. This okay, so. Saladar, where, what's, Saladar going, what's going on there again? People, is, characters, who's who's there? Um, The Blue Ajah. Okay, That's awesome. where Swan and them are going, that's where Nine and okay. Elaine ultimately uh, want to go. No, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen at all. Okay. I think Morghese is going to be reunited with Tom. Mm. I think we're going to have some old history brought up again and stuff. I, 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 oh, I hope so. Uh, for our listeners there, uh, uh, for our listeners under 18, Dalen gave me a very sly wink. And for our listeners over 18, he did the, the finger in, in the, in the, the hole of your index finger up against your finger, like, like intercourse. Yeah. And I can't wink if true. Oh, that's right. Lucille Bluth style. Eric knows how to wink fucking annoying i think more gaze is going to meet anyway. back up with tom and yes. company i think they're going to rehash some old shit yeah um but that's actually not my biggest curiosity no no because she's gonna get out she she's going to get out oh yeah yeah, yeah no doubt um my curiosity lies in how does compulsion work and what are the defenses against it because yeah. Her daughter was sent to the White Tower. They wanted her to be, you know, uh, counseled and kind of get some knowledge. And also, I think there was a bit of innate talent there for yes. the power. So, I think it's essentially like Queens of Camelin. Go to the White Tower, regardless of the spark or not. Mm-hmm. They're given the... And they always, as- like, not even if they bring someone back, but they typically always have a an advisor. That's yeah, nice and that's right? how, who Elida was, because Elida right. had a foretelling about the uh, Tracan Arc. Mm-hmm. But Morghese isn't talented in that way, right? I actually think there is an innate ability because when she describes being uh, compulsed by Ravine, she mentions that she can feel it happening. And I think Egwene Elaine maybe could feel when Rand channeled Saiyadine. No, yes, Saiyadine. So I'm wondering if Morghese isn't, I mean... Elaine is obviously... Elaine and Nynaeve and Egwene are the strongest Chandlers. Mm-hmm. I don't think Morghese is, like, in that ballpark. She's right. very, like... Could I think it, she can do the bare minimum. Could it be... And again, I'm going to reference it because I just referenced it last episode. Can it be like Star Wars, where 
the one power exists. The yes. force exists. There are some people that can tap into it and channel it. But whether or not you can be a Jedi, you can still be force sensitive and sense it. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering if if because too, like, I think there is something here with, you know, the threads of the pattern in bloodlines, especially. Yeah. If Elaine can channel and all of that, maybe that innateness does lie with more gays a little bit. Yeah. Maybe she just didn't know how to tap into it. Because maybe she didn't think she would be nice to die. Maybe oh. she just was kind of like Mm, go to the White Tower. It's tradition. I'm focused on queen shit. Yeah, she's. I'm like. I'm in the middle of a su- succession war. Terengil Damager just died under suspicious circumstances, yeah. and uh, Tigraine just up and vanished. I like that. I like that, and also too, like if that's not it, whether or not we find out about it or whatever Robert Jordan's intent was, I also do like the idea of Morghese is a powerful person. Yes, she's a good queen. Um, in my in my opinion, to, yeah. to what I know. I would love if that's just a personal thing of, like, you can't really compel powerful people, you know? Or, or if you can, they can overcome it. Like, yeah, I love that idea of, of being a bit of a, uh, you know, a tear in that armor of, like, it's not going to work on Rand. Yeah. He's Tavarin. Or it's not going to work on Nynaeve. She's too strong-willed. Yeah. Do you think we're getting a parallel between Swan Sanjay and Morghese? When you oh, think about it, fuck. I just thought of that. And I'm like, oh shit! Because we have two women in positions of power that need to flee because people are working behind their back. Yes. Yeah. Two of the strongest women yeah. in the world now suddenly brought down. Yeah. Do you think Morgan? So Morgan is going to rebuild her own power because she eventually learns through Linny. Like when you realize what this woman went through and what. How Ravine fucked her over. Mm-hmm. She flogged one of her, the woman who Elaine's is named after, her grandmother, flogged in the middle of the street. She lost all of her allies. Morghese is left in a position where she has to crawl on her belly to even get in the audience of her old friends. Yeah. Versus someone like Swan Sanche who got off. A little easier because, according to a light on the White Tower, they're dead. Yeah. So she can kind of build again, and they're trying to find a sort of separate gathering of Blue Aja. So I'm wondering where you, if there is a sort, there is a sort of parallel between them. But do you think they have a sort like, what do you think Swan's ending is, and what do you think Morghese's ending? Oh, shit. Um, I know it's like we have nine more books to go, but it's still like... Yeah, there's definitely a winding path, but overall the end game, I'm not too sure where they're going to end up, but I do think there is a parallel that exists and that it is, these are two women, two very strong individual women who were in positions of power in their respective organizations. And now that they're out of those seats of power, they're going to have to learn some new stuff. They're going to have to learn how to be, you know, not even a leader or a boss. They're going to have to learn how to be a person of this world again. Yeah. And I think ultimately it's going to transform them that when they go back to that position of power, it won't be the same like it was. It won't oh, be no. a retaking of the crown. It won't be a retaking of the seat. It'll be some type of new reconstruction or even possibly, you know, what I would actually kind of like optimistically it's going to be them giving to this newer generation 
yeah. going on. There, there are a wealth of information. I mean, you got Swan with Loghain and Min, who are very young players in the series. Yeah. And they've got loads of knowledge to share with them. So, Endgame, oh, fuck, I don't know. I I hope they meet up together, because mm. that, that parallel... Well, because you it's even have, amazing. as boring as Gareth Burns chapter was, he kind of said Swan and Morghese are kind of the same, of the same, cut of the same cloth. Yeah, and you know what? They, in in, in an instance, they are, and in another, they aren't. Right. Um, so I hope they meet up a little bit because I just, I love that idea. I What I think is going to happen is they're going to kind of lead the newer generation a little bit. Okay. And pass on kind of, especially them being out of power they're going to hand down what they've learned to the new generation to kind of circumvent the traditional way back to power if that okay. makes sense yes no i get you wow no that's that's some good shit though. i just made that connection right now i was like oh shit well, well and how many times have you have you read this series so i read it first all the way to the first chapter of fires of heaven uh-huh and then i went i'm burnt out i can't do it yeah, and yeah. then 2018, I read all the way through. I finished Fires of Heaven in January of 2019 and said, it's going to take me three years to finish this series. I finished A Memory of Light, the last book, November 2019, in my car at work, like, oh my god. But up until this point, you've read up to now about three times, if that's correct. Because then, uh, this year, I started rereading the series, Mm. and I finished uh, Fires of Heaven and got to the prologue of Lord of Chaos when I texted you, hey, let's do this podcast. Right. So I've read... One through five, three times. Uh, this is the fifth book I'm reading for. This is my third time. So I think that bespeaks the complexity of the characters and their arcs because you're kind of in this fourth read through and just now kind of connecting that parallel at the same yeah. moment I did. And I think, you know, there's there's all kinds of stuff to mine. There's so much I can't wait here. for you to reread. But um, yeah, yeah. I think Morghese is going to be a, a player later. Uh, I think there's a very interesting in-universe thing about compulsion and kind of who who you can and how strong you have to be to do it because you know obviously mo Gideon can do it oh yeah very easily yeah ravine's like hey mm-hmm. ravine it's more of like a parlor trick yeah getting it's more of a way of life yeah but uh yeah i think more is gonna pop up i really hope she meets tom again i hope they get a bit of a heart to heart and you know i hope she i hope she gets to have a conversation with elaine or gal yeah. or glad because i kind of forget that She's all of their mother. Yeah, and for all she knows, she doesn't know where they are. Yeah, they're all just kind of scattered to the wind, and especially her coming out of this, it's kind of like a, you know, not a brand new world, but there is a bit of a, oh, fuck, what was, I was under control for yeah, so long. Yeah, and like, how how long does it take for the compulsion to break? Yeah. And when you think about more gays, it's, it, it, she talks about it briefly, how she's like, oh, once a year I would go amongst the common folk. But it's kind of like, well, girl, this is your once a year, except it's now the rest yeah. of your life. Sorry, but... No, I, I think it's very open-ended, and I think it's a very interesting character to yeah. cut that tie with. Because there's so much history, there's so much context. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see what that happens. But the back half of this chapter... With Pot and Fame. Yeah, I, I'm very excited to get to. Yeah, um, alright. I'm, I'm very much a broad strokey guy, you know, like I, I very much, I read the chapter and I take away what I take away, so there might be some finer details that you can mine. The only thing I have from this POV is he gets the dagger. Yeah. He doesn't get the horn. No. And I think that's gonna play later. Okay. I think that's gonna, I think that's gonna come down the line and I think we're gonna see the horn again. 
somebody's gonna get it. The last battle is coming. Exactly, and it's supposed to be blown at the last battle. Yes. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but Matt blew it the first time. He blew it. Matt is the uh, horn sounder. Gotcha. So I'm assuming it's got to be him again. Right. So I'm assuming until Matt gets back into Camelin, we don't got to worry about that. Yeah. But Padden Fane with the dagger, a very <gasps> dark artifact. Yeah. Feels like almost like two halves of a dark friend coming together. Yeah. Because he was like obsessed with it for a second, yeah. right? And he talks about how he can, like, he can sense Randall Thor is still alive. Because he was like, yeah, when I went to Shale Ghoul and was broken in a part, and then Shadar uh, Logoth, um, something else in this chapter, Albiarn comes in, and he pulls rank. And so we have officially Albiarn is a, is Black Aja. Elida is not Black Aja. Right. Elida is just vibing. Mm-hmm. Hanging out. <laughs> chilling you know i i think, you know I, I i don't pay much attention to her just because there's a ton of names in these series as a first time reader i will almost Keep an eye on albion i will because that's the other thing like first time reading there's so many names to keep track of oh, yeah. some of them even like as a first time meeting pop up a little bit more vibrantly than others this is one of those yeah so between that and uh elida i am making a prediction here Elida will be activated. She's going to be a bit of an agent in Camelin when the call comes for the Aja to come together. She's going to be in Camelin. She's going to go from the White Tower to Camelin? She, or, sorry. It, Elida is the Elmerlin seat. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I totally misspoke. Disregard that. <laughs> Was Elida still Morghese's... She advisor was okay, um, that kind of okay. But then she kind of between um Eye of the World and Great Hunt, she kind of left and went back to the White Tower. Totally same name. I thought it was a different person. I thought it was her advisor that kind of got left in the uh oh, in the no, kerfuffle no, yeah, of no, everything. Never mind. Take everything back. There's no no Elida's done. Okay, <laughs> she, there is no redemption. Okay. Uh, God damn! I think I think it's all the e names. Yeah, through these couple of chapters. Oh, there's so much. <laughs> oh, buddy, wait till we get to Winter's Heart and oh. all the ass ice and Like I said, it's 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 the only it's one of the few docs I'm actually gonna take on this series as a first time reader. There's so many goddamn names. There are. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in, and you're just like, who? I I bet you more than anything, like a second or third time read through, it's much easier to compartmentalize them. Well, like. So when I reread Fires of Heaven a couple of months ago, earlier this year, I it did not connect with me who Altima was. Mm, mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where there's a lot happening, and if you're not looking at it specifically, you're like, okay, her. yeah. So no, so we yeah yeah, yeah. We, we we got Thane coming in, gets the dagger, and he we, goes fighting. Yep, and he pieces out to the yeah. winds, very much like he does all the time, and that leaves us too. Ah, our last chapter of the episode, Jungai, Jungai, Jung, Jungai Pass. I was hoping, I, I was hoping you would say it, so I didn't. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what I had. I'll be honest, I did not read this chapter. Oh, that's fine. You, you've read um, it before. I actually, so I don't know if it's totally wrong, but like the whole series as a whole, I've been trying to pronounce names the second way I pronounce them, not like my first uh, instinct. So don't I actually, make me bring up the example. Uh, please don't. Uh, you can go back to the first episode. For yeah. That. If I, you... w- I went with Yangai. 
I like that. I like that better. Just I like the, that better than mine. The Aiel feels so Young much like past. Yeah. The Aiel, like whatever is, you know, um established, it feels like it should be not exotic, because that has some connotations I don't like or agree yeah. with, but um the iconography here is something we've never seen, I don't think. It very much looks like I've got a couple of question marks here. It looks like a feather. A wing? Uh, chapter 20 looks like one wing of a golden snitch or something. It's... Oh, the Aes Sedai symbol. It's another Aes Sedai? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I gotta start making, like, a little uh, spreadsheet <laughs> for these. Because uh, when was the last time we saw... Because um, an unexpected offer with Galad, that's the sunburst of the uh, white cloaks. What can be learned in dreams is... Um, Oh, is the Tarvalon flame? I uh, believe. T- flame of Tarvalon. Oh. And chapter twenty is the ancient symbol of the Aes Sedai. So that's the ancient symbol of the Aes Sedai. Yeah, which makes sense because the Isle waste. We we got a ton of history. We got a ton of some shit happened. Yeah, here the Aes Sedai are deeply connected with the Aes. Yeah, uh, Aiel. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you lead the charge because I absolutely <laughs> only have one note for this whole chapter. I know you didn't. Um, from. So, essentially, it's Rand is told about uh, Elida, and he's told, trust only me, Elaine, Egwene, and Nine. Mm-hmm. That's it. And they get to Yangai Pass. I really like that. And, essentially, they are two weeks, a week behind Kool-Aidin. They've been going on for, it's been two weeks mm-hmm. since uh, we last left Rand. And, um... Essentially, Kool-Aidin laid waste to Yangai Pass. We're close to the Kyrianan border. They took some non-Aiel as uh, Gai Shan. So, um, it's very much we're setting the scene. for This is another um, place uh, checker, uh, chessboard moving chapter. Like That's what I felt because coming up on it, like, you, you, you pull at some of the emotional strings right here. Like, when they say, like, you know, they're coming up on it, and there's some weird dark spots on the buildings or oh, something. Yeah. And then we get closer, and we realize, or we get informed that their bodies, their bodies hanging. Yeah. yeah. So, my only note for this chapter is that the Shido suck. They suck. A lot. Um, please remind me, because I, I kind of knew, like, even reading it, the Shido were going to be kind of antagonistic and stuff. You have many clans in the Aiel. Yes. And all of them, except the Shido, are aligned with the dragon right now. Right. Why did the Shido break from that again? Kool-Aidin, um is... Kool-Aidin sees himself as the dragon reborn. Gotcha. And um, a lot of that was fueled by Rand as an outsider. How dare he go to Ruidian? And Kool-Aidin refused... Coolly refusing to believe that Rand didn't have something to do with his brother, near brother's murder, and also Asmodian kind of fueled the fire and the shadow rising by putting the uh, two dragon tattoos on him. Right. So it's a lot of very wounded pride on Cooladin's part. Now, Cooladin, because like I even remember like you asking me some questions and me kind of like kind of thrown blindly because I didn't really pay too much attention to him. Can he channel? Can he do any Absolutely of this? Absolutely sh- not. He's just an Aielman with a very inflated ego who thinks, like, he is wrong. And so now he's going to Kyrian. So I'm wondering then, I guess my big question taken away from this chapter is, do I take these as the antagonists and absolutely just fuck the Shido? Just 
kill them oh, all. Oh, no, 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 fuck the Shido. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about them. Or, no. <laughs> or, because uh, again, first time reader, I don't know right. what you know. Is it a White Tower approach where you need all of the Aeol clans working in synchronicity to make this work? I personally don't think that's the no, deal. No, because it's, the prophecy <laughs> says Rand will break the Aeol. And right, I think and this is probably the breakage. A little bit of, yeah. So, yeah. the Shido, it's, I don't want to say the Aeol are less important than the Aes Sedai, but there's something where the Aes Sedai have held up the Westlands for mm, a couple hundred I know I said fuck the tower in the last episode. This episode I am saying they're probably the, the reason it happened. Yeah. So, I mean, the White Tower is set into a motion a lot of events. Right. Um, the Aeol, it's not, like, don't get me wrong, the Aeol breaking is kind of sad, and the uh, bleakness and all that, but we can kind of say fuck the shadow. There doesn't need to be really any reason. When they started skinning messengers alive, right. we can kind of say there's fuck some yourself. unforgivable. Stuff. Yeah, right. Like when Coolin was given hard proof, and he's like, yeah. so fuck the Shido. No, and uh, I think they leave the chapter on a note of like we're very close behind. Yeah, and we can probably overtake them soon. So I'm kind of curious. I guess going forward into the next episode, because I think that's going to get resolved very quickly. Yeah. Or at the very least, that meeting's going to happen. Robert Jordan has a tendency to go, next chapter is suddenly like... Like I've said, like I've put stuff on the back wall and realized it came exactly in the next chapter. Yeah. I'm wondering because uh, Rand in this chapter had to fight himself a little bit to retain Rand. Yeah. He was slipping back into lose a little bit. I'm wondering if when he meets the Shido, if that's going to come to a head a little bit more. Mm. If he's going to be angry, lose control, smite them kind of deal, and kind of lose his randness yeah. a little bit. Well, that's just something you'll have to see. Hey, I'll read and find out. <laughs> yeah, and I think on that note, I think it's a good place to end this episode. Also, because I've had four drinks. <laughs> <laughs> um, we want to thank you all for coming out. Um, if you are... Listening to this neat and tied up with the bow and all pretty, join us on our Discord. Um, we have a lot of fun. We tend to not be sober when we record this. Um, Eric, where can they find us? Yeah, you can find us on Loyal's Book Club on Instagram and Twitter. Also, our Discord information is in the bios on that. So if you want to join us for a live recording, please come on by. We throw questions up in the air about thoughts and opinions. It's a grand old time. And if you love streaming internally like I do when Eric makes his predictions, because sometimes he gets things right and sometimes he gets things very wrong, but we like playing with Eric because he's a first-time reader, come join us. But once again, we want to thank you all for coming out. Come join us next week uh, when we will be covering chapters 21 to 30, dual episodes again. And uh, join me when we are joined by uh, Rob from Malkier Talks for our very first Loyal Spoils. May you always... Fuck. May you always walk in the light. And may you always find water and shade. You guys have a good one.